Welcome. You're listening to Radio Tonka and the III Rumori radio show. Yes, that's a lot of I's and that's because the III stands for the Instrument Inventors Initiative, the super interesting arts organization here in The Hague. This is, by the way, a special show today because of the coronavirus. So we are what's called semi-live. This means that we are connected over the internet uh, and stream our music and uh, spoken word by this conference app called Zoom, which is quite well known by now. So, uh, you know, be aware, things might break, but uh, we'll fix it, uh, no problem. Uh, we started the show today uh, with some music by uh, a well-known artist called uh, Wendy Mae Chambers. Um, she's from New York and she played uh, a piece of music also called New York, New York. Um, and this was, this was played on an instrument uh, that she built out of uh, car horns, or perhaps you can call them klaxons. And then she plays this uh, well-known tune. Uh, I chose this because, you know, New York is also being hit by the coronavirus very badly. So I thought it was uh, quite appropriate. Uh, I found this piece of uh, music on an album called Graphicords, Whirlies and Pyrophones, Experimental Musical Instruments. I found this uh, also appropriate because of the III, which is an organization that supports artists that build their own instruments. And when you think of instruments, this is not only musical instruments, but it can also be, say, a visual instrument or uh, uh, generating patterns of sound, for example, or perhaps. Um, it addresses another modality like, for example, smell. Uh, the III is exploring this whole field and there are many artists uh, active. Uh, the III is also running an artist in residency program. And one of the artists uh, working there at the moment is uh, Jesus Canuto Iglesias. And uh, he is also our special guest for tonight. Ja, uh, Jesus. Ja. Yeah. Um, Wat is de III exactly? De III. Yeah. Well, for me it's uh, like it's a residency. It's a, like for me it's a place where I'm having a residency at the moment. Mm -hmm. But uh, like so, I can talk about it as a resident, or I can also talk about it like from the point of view of uh, a person from the Hague, because. For someone from here, like, I mean, I've been here for four years and they've been quite an institution that, you know, they've been present quite a lot everywhere and they have a lot of uh, influence, I think, in the art over here. Mm -hmm. And they, they actually, because they push for a lot of young artists to create, you know, and they support a lot of great and different persons to, to come here and show their work, you know. I've been actually quite a influenced or impressed by many of the people that have come and shown their work here, you know, so, mm -hmm. yeah. 
Yeah, the III is also quite expanding. Yeah? It becomes a really uh, a big organization. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. With a lot of activities uh, going on. Yeah, it seems uh, and, um, that it never stops, basically. Like, if you look at their schedule, it just goes on and on and on. Yeah, exactly. And they also do a lot of workshops and, um, and readings. Yeah? People, yeah? Um, people listen together to, to some... Um, some texts and so on um, about art theory or something mm -hmm. like that. I think it's um, in, in that sense it's it's quite unique in the Netherlands uh, at the moment. I think. Yeah, it's uh, it's basically like a cultural pot where yeah. Uh, yeah, a cultural pot. That's that would be a nice way to describe the IIR. I always get myself. I always get confused by the name, actually. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah. the Instrument Inventors Initiative it is uh, originally, and, um, and that's really a, a tongue breaker. Or how do you say this? <laughs> yes, this is also the the word I, I, I. Sometimes it feels like uh, you're in pain when you say it. You know, like the, I, 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 but, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, indeed. Yeah, but I guess it's part of the the like nice niceness enchantment that they have is the the name itself mm -hmm. i like it actually that yeah. it's a little bit difficult but hey um you're you're one of the residencies there at the moment and there are two other people uh, currently say it's a little bit of a virtual residency now eh, because of the the lockdown i believe um, yeah. can you uh, say who else is uh, at the moment so in the I, I know uh, like Pele and uh, Gabriela, which are yeah. these two amazing artists. And uh, I know uh, Pele is working in his studio in Amsterdam, and uh, Gabriela is working. Uh, I think she was working in, in her country house, countryside house in uh, the Czech Republic. Ah. And uh, then uh, she's, uh, she's, I think, back in Prague now. Mm -hmm. Probably, and uh, she's the uh, yeah, like yeah, the, the works are really, really, really nice. Like Pele is working with a uh, two self-balancing uh, electric uh, bicycle wheels that mm -hmm. uh, dance around each other in this uh, very beautiful manner. Oh, that's and, nice. Uh, yes, mm -hmm. and Gabriela mm -hmm. is working with uh, with avatars that uh, guide, uh, like yeah, like it's this website with an avatar that kind of. Uh, gives uh, advice on how to survive uh, this uh, emergency state and mm -hmm. the funny thing is she was working on it before all of this happened and uh, mm -hmm. and yeah now this all of this all of this is happening so her work is just perfect for the moment you know yeah but, uh, and yeah so we're it, the residency has become virtual because for example, Gabriela, she couldn't come here. I think uh, her country got closed mm -hmm. two days before coming here. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, it's just uh, difficult from, like, for example, Pele to move his stuff here and be in the studio. That also wouldn't be too too good, you know, and for me yeah. either, you know, like, uh, mm -hmm. it's better to stay in isolation right now. So. Yep. Yeah, and you're also here now by means of a uh, of this incredibly complex technical setup we live in these days. Huh? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's quite, um, you know, 
I speak and it, you know this all goes through through wires and then it goes over the airwaves, electromagnetic waves, and then it enters into an access point and then into a router and another yeah. router and then some glass fiber in between and then in another router and blah blah blah. And it, in the end there is some magnetics and, and coils and they produce some vibration in your ear and then we can hear each other and I think that's always so incredible. It is, it is. And uh, I think that right now, with all the, you know, like, you have all these essential things happening, you know, like a uh, distinction between essential work or non-essential work. And mm -hmm. people are not really talking about, like, telecommunications and how important they are, no? Mm -hmm. Like, like I don't know, in Spain, I don't know what people would do if there would be no internet during these uh, times that they cannot leave their home. Mm -hmm. Like, I think, yeah, one of the reasons people are not going totally crazy is because they have entertainment, basically. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, <laughs> but, but this whole complex system eh, about technology and, and electromagnetic waves and, and the physical reality, etc. Yeah. And, and sound, that's also the basis of, of what a lot of artists at the III are working with, right? Yes, no, for sure. I mean, I guess the technology realm is uh, this thing that if you approach it from a kind of a normal point of view, it's very like it doesn't have much depth. But then once you started seeing it with a more experimentative approach, like there is magic everywhere no? in this, uh, mm -hmm. in this aspect. Uh, that's, an, that's an old saying, a technology is almost not distinct, distinctable from magic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And the more you learn about it, the more you can play with that magic, per se. Yeah. I also um, uh, see that um, uh, the III is now organizing a live stream on the internet, what they call the Unconcert, uh, what they call the, the future of music. Yes. Um, and this is being done last couple of days ago for the first time with artist uh, Shelly Notz, Kofi Oduro, <laughs> sorry, Rafael Andrade, Rafael Souza Santos and Robert van Heumen um, in what they uh, call the Netherlands Coding Live, NLCL. And they did this for the first time as an experiment, I believe, and, I, and it looked really good actually in the sense it was quite organized and uh, how uh, you, you not only had the music but also uh, a kind of radio talk show um, where people talked about what, what was being listened to and so on um, in a nice composition on the screen. Um, I, I quite liked that actually. Have you seen it yourself? Or? No, I did not see it, but uh, I can imagine that uh, being uh, people coming from the live show environment they probably could uh, pull it off really well so, yeah yeah it's it's interesting that you know you have to do something of course in in these in these crazy times at the moment and um, to get together in that kind of way you know it's it's a new kind of challenge yeah, yeah? now it's a real necessity before people were, were doing say live streaming and live coding on the internet and so on and you, and you think like, oh yeah, okay, mm -hmm, nice. Uh, people are all over the planet making music together, for example. Yeah. Uh, but now it's very interesting because 
you have to basically and that gives it a completely different uh, dynamic yeah it's uh, it's also very nice to see how the AI has uh, really quickly incorporated it into its system mm -hmm. and, yeah uh, yeah it's uh, very nice yeah yeah it's it's also i mean part of the works that they present in the in the collective now they're really like uh, digitally based so it, it shouldn't really be hard uh, to transmit them in this way mm -hmm. yeah by the way and in the background um, people hear some music also from the live stream and um, so that's uh, interesting what they all do um, Jesus um, we, we have to talk uh, about you actually because you you are our guest in the in the show and we want to talk about um, about your art and um, but shall we first listen to a little bit of music and um, I don't I don't want to play the whole thing because it's 15 minutes but mm -hmm. it's one of the, the godfathers say of a little bit what you do and uh, and I hope you find out who it is <laughs> what you are listening to let's uh, let's try that So what what are we listening to, uh, Jesus? Well, I I do not know, but I do know that I've listened to it before, you know. I guess so. You, you know. 
I, I, I think I've encountered it more than once in, uh, in my education. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is actually uh, metal machine music by uh, Lou Reed mm -hmm. from 1975. And, and he claimed to be, say, the, the, the inventor of heavy metal um, by doing this. And uh, when he brought out his record, it was really despised by all the critics because they really hated it um, and um, uh, it's really, I, but i think it's a great record uh, myself but, um, but this is uh, uh, huh? you me. know it, it does it uh, every time i listen to it it uh, puts you into the the trance that it should you know but mm -hmm. uh, that's i think what good music does for good sound art or noise music or whatever you want to call it yeah yeah I, I, I tend to agree but is this also what you strive for yourself in your work or perhaps you can before we go into that detail perhaps you can explain to the listeners what kind of art you actually make okay so uh, the make the art that i make is basically in, in installations i would say uh, that uh, right now at this very moment in this time they are de dealing a lot with sound as a way of uh, transmitting uh you know a, a feeling or a main idea in a sense because the the idea like the idea i have right now the goal that i have uh, or one of the methods as to transmit ideas is to create uh, the same kind of uh how would you say uh mental state that uh, this music produces for example mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. uh, it's a uh, could be called a meditative state now and that's uh, a very effective way of uh, captivating people mm -hmm. so i think it's a yeah it's a it's a thing that i strive to to achieve mm -hmm. in in my artworks in my installations you know so mm -hmm. but uh, mainly like lately i've been working with a uh, like uh, elements that uh, generate sound, like uh, stepper motors, mm -hmm. that I I have yeah. a tune. Yeah, like I have tuned uh, to to create sound basically, and uh, they have an unbalanced weight on their axis that basically makes them uh, vibrate uh, physically, like very violently, once they reach a certain speed. Mm -hmm. And also the nature of the motors itself, how they produce sound, uh, it's you could relate it to hertz because it works in steps per second so you could make some direct correlations you know to to what a tone could be produced like what what the tone produced by the motor could be in relation to a scale and all these things you know mm -hmm. but, uh, but um yeah 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 no i think that's that's pretty clear um, uh, but, but your work is also quite physical always, eh? so it is, yeah. uh, you, you work with really large metal plates and uh, you connect a, uh, a, a stepper motor and, and not a small one, uh, but, with, mm -hmm. but really this industrial size, you know, very rigid, big um, uh, stepper motors that you usually uh, don't uh, encounter. Eh? They're, they're not in your 3D printer or in your normal mm. printer, right? Yeah, yeah. These are childish kind of little thingies, but these are huge. Um, so you, do you acquire these for, from, from some companies or some industrial outlets or something? How did you get to that and what do you think 
the typical quality of these stepper motors uh, you are after? Oh, well, for when I'm looking for the steppers, I'm actually looking for quite some powerful ones because that way I can get the most resonance out of them. Mm -hmm. And uh, actually the way I've been acquiring them has been uh, through uh, AliExpress, you know, like uh, this uh, Chinese uh, website. Uh -huh. Because it turns out that many of the vendors, they have, uh, what do you say, uh, the, the storage spaces in Europe or like warehouses in Europe. So they, mm -hmm. you can buy a stepper motor, for example, from Germany, from AliExpress. And it costs you basically the same, and it's shipped to you in three or four days. Mm -hmm. So it's a very effective way of acquiring them. But um, oh. Oh, that's yeah. cool. So you yeah. don't have to wait for two or three months before something from AliExpress exactly, uh, finally yeah. uh, lands into your mailbox. Yeah, yeah it's, a, it's a very nice source. Mm -hmm. But uh, but yeah, I, I basically I when I was starting to work with the motors, I, I don't know if you, if you remember when we were doing the the shipyard uh, project with the mm -hmm. art science uh, department. It was a uh, for Sonic uh, art. Uh, no, for yeah, for Sonic Arts Academy in 2018, I believe. And there we were exploring this uh, shipyard, and uh, I became enchanted with the machinery there, you know. And uh, from there on, I used the couple motors as a source of sound and movement in my works. Mm -hmm. And here you, <laughs> you can listen to it. <laughs> Yeah, I will really put it in the background uh, so people can hear what you are talking about. Um, <laughs> let's listen a little bit longer to this music and then... Motor music. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's uh, that was from one of the early works. Now in the into the great wide open. Mm -hmm. Yes, I, I recognize it by the, by the sound. Yeah, the, the, uh, perhaps for the for the listeners, uh, the great wide open. That's a, a festival on uh, Terschelling, I believe. In uh, oh um, yeah, in uh, in Vlieland, is it? It is, I think. Oh, it's in Vlieland. Ah, Vlieland, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah, yeah, yeah. Oh, the other one is, yeah, anyway. Most of these islands uh, have one or, one or two festivals a year, so. Yeah, they're great, great places, great festivals, too. It's, uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, what I, um, yeah, what is the next, uh, your next project you're working on. Eh? Oh. So you have been working on, on these stepper motors and other motors to, 
to bring these huge plates into vibration and so on, and you mm -hmm. get a lot of polishing and stuff like that. <laughs> um, um, what are you working on at, uh, at this moment? So at the moment, uh, actually at the residency, I've been developing uh, this work, which is called uh, The Last Song of a Two-Stroke Engine, which, uh, mm. of course, it's, uh, it continues on going on the line of work of loud works, no? and uh, uh, using sound as a, as a conveyor of meaning. But uh, yeah, the project is basically like it uh, was uh, worn because uh, I heard that uh, in The Hague they are going to ban uh, two-stroke engines for, from circulating on the streets. And I ah. know that uh, in here, like, like the, there is a lot of uh, memories associated for people that live in The Hague with the, these motorbikes because uh, there used to be like these really social, big social phenomena mm -hmm. around the 80s. So to me, that I think that is a very like it's all of the ingredients for a great work, you know, because you have something that uh, that is happening right now in the present, and that it also like can appeal to uh, an area, you know, like a more personal kind of area of the audience, and it can have mm -hmm. a meaning to them that is uh, basically their own, and no one else can give them because it's going to appeal to their own memory. You know? mm -hmm. And uh, this whole notion of uh, remembering, you know, and all of this. It's also like a, like part of that is the, the fact that this sound that the, the two-stroke engines have that uh, I don't know if you've been anything related to mechanics or you've ridden mm -hmm. motorbikes or have friends that had them or had them or something you know oh, that sure. uh, yeah, yeah. yeah different kinds of engines have a different uh, kinds of uh, sound right and two-stroke mm -hmm. sound is mm -hmm. super super characteristic yeah and uh, I had. Um... I had actually a, a couple of Solex uh, uh, <laughs> two-stroke. Uh, how do you call this? A moped? Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. So yeah. when I was so, young. <laughs> so, so a lot of people can relate it to their youth, you know, and I oh, think sure. that's a very that's very mm -hmm. beautiful. Mm -hmm. And uh, and that sound is just boom, is disappearing. And uh, and the fact that you know from the city you're not never going to hear it. And mm -hmm. it's uh, it's quite fascinating to me because I don't think people can notice this absence, you know, because it will somehow just stop being. Yeah. And that uh, just relates into so many other aspects of, you know, human cognition, human uh, consciousness, everything, you know. And Is I, it also yeah. nostalgic? Yeah. Yeah, of course. Yeah, it's uh, it's an yeah, it kind of tries to use nostalgia as a carrier of meaning too, you know, because it's. Uh, like, like one could say that acoustically, although the I'm going to play with it, it's mm -hmm. a sound that is very, very harsh and not very, very pleasant for many people. Mm -hmm. But uh, of course, I'm going to try to to find these uh, how would you say, like sweet spots in the sound where I can play with it and I can find nice things that I can develop and work on compositionally. Mm -hmm. But uh, it's a very, yeah, it's a very harsh sound and the fact that it's being uh, exhibited and that the sound is being isolated as an artwork is mm -hmm. actually only really valid because people have memories associated with it. Yeah, I was so, actually wondering, yeah, there's quite a lot of research, say, about the, 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 the relationship between, for example, smell and memory. Yeah? Exactly, there's a yeah. very strong relationship between those. 
uh, is there also a relationship between certain types of sound and memory? I would, I, I actually haven't researched it, but uh, from what I have been exposed in class, I do think there is a, a, a relationship, you know, because uh, this, I mean, to me, to me personally, it happens with jingles, mm -hmm. you know, from like yeah. advertisements and things like that, that, uh, mm -hmm. you know, that when I was, I don't know, a kid, I would listen on TV and, uh, you know, <laughs> I will still remember them whenever I, and it brings you back to those times, you know, so. I wonder, then, mm. and also you mentioned the smell, and uh, I think, sure. that, for example, it's a, that's a very important aspect of this work, mm -hmm. because it's, it's going to be running on ethanol, which will make ah, it safe, yeah, yeah. safe to, to breathe in, in the, because it was designed for a performance space, no, right? So mm -hmm. it, uh, <laughs> the people shouldn't be dying if they're breathing this. <laughs> so, Shall uh, we? Yeah. Yep. Oh. Okay, now we're just going to ask. <laughs> Shall we listen to some nostalgic uh, uh, two-stroke engine music? Uh, of course, yeah. Shall we, shall we do that? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Vom Bahnhof schon fing ein Gewitterguss an. Ich hatte die Tropfen im Mantel, im Schuh und im Kragen. Ich winkte den Autos und eines ein kleines hielt an. Ein himmelblauer Trabant rollte durchs Land mitten im Und sah, wie verlegen er lachte. Da gab's noch ein Küsschen, ich glaube, ihr wisst schon wofür. We luisteren nog steeds naar een interview met Jesus Ecclesias about his his artwork, especially with your kind of metal work. I always think, right? Yeah. You spent so much time in the metal workshop. I mean. Yeah, I think. 
not only because I like metal music, but uh, also metal as a material is really nice because it uh, really allows you to to basically fuck up and then fix it, you know. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, and then uh, I really like uh, like polishing, polishing the metal and like the the effect of the light mm -hmm. because I think that uh, you know, uh, like I I have. I mean, I mean, you know, with Instagram and all these things, you had, you were able to put a filter some pictures, right? Uh, I remember the the yeah. time where they were introduced in like 2007 or something. I don't know, but uh, like there was this thing where a picture would instantly gain value because it had a filter on, and uh, that's basically what I'm doing with polishing. Mm -hmm. Like I'm just uh, making, increasing the value of the object by, like the aesthetical and also economical value of the object by polishing it. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, it's also a form of validating it for myself, you know. It's like the artwork can be shit, but if I have polished it, it's nice. <laughs> ah, but, um, you know, polishing, you know, it also, you know, I, I've seen your work and I saw many people taking selfies inside of your installations. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's kind really of like... Uh, the reflection, right? Yeah, it's uh, the sex appeal. No, it's like uh, people going like a moth to the light, you know? <laughs> mm -hmm. Is this something you deliberately want to happen or is this just a nice added benefit? No, this is, I mean, it's something I want to happen, like, uh, actually, the, the whole idea of polishing started with uh, with my graduation for my third year, I think, mm -hmm. that, uh, that I had this plate uh, that was hanging in the gray space, and uh, I just really enjoyed uh, how the reflection looked, and then I was like, oh, wow, yeah, if, you know, if I like the reflection, then I just want to take a video of it, and this whole idea then merged with uh, some uh, other idea of an older project I had in Spain. And uh, it was just the perfect combination for having a video that was Instagrammable. Like an, an artwork that could do good in social media. And uh, I think to my vision of uh, mm -hmm. having many layers to an artwork so it can have yeah. multiple meanings, I think that that was uh, like the perfect uh, thing, you know, to just, yeah. hey, <laughs> I'm graduating. Oh. Yeah. Uh, do some publicity for the artwork, you know, with, uh, mm -hmm. with Instagram. Do you think it's I mean, this, how, how important is this these days for your think? It's, I think, uh, I, I would say it's, it's important. Like, you don't necessarily need it, mm -hmm. like, to, to succeed, for example, to have, like, to be a social influencer or anything like that. But I do think that it adds some no, value. That's not a realm, but yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like it adds, uh, it's just another way of sh showcasing what you're doing, and you know, if if you're showing things, then that's better not showing anything, basically. Mm -hmm. And I, I so, say this, and I have to really up my social media game, you know. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, it's all about visibility, and uh, yeah. so yeah. you, the people know you're there, and they can share you and send it along. And before you know it, you you can be you or at least you can go viral yeah 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 although i don't, I don't know if virality is the goal but yeah i mean for sure it's uh that, that would be a really helpful thing although you know in this age 
van Galaxy has you know, a deep meaning now, but... Yeah. <laughs> um, Alright. So, um, I want to go back a little bit to what you said about your two-stroke engine. Um, because, uh, what exactly uh, will the sound be? Eh? So, you, you construct something with this two-stroke engine. Yes. So what, do you add something to it, or do you? Is it just yeah. the two-stroke engine that you just put in the gallery, and it, it, it's polluting the atmosphere there, <laughs> or or do you do you basically add something so it becomes again more musical, like so you have been working yes. play with, with those uh, stepper motors? Yes. So I think part of my practice would be to make it play and playable, to make it more like an instrument. So that's exactly what I've done. I uh, I basically uh, attached uh, a tuba to the output of the stepper motor, the, oh. of the engine. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So I uh, and I'm using because uh, the escape of the like the sound of the engine is basically the explosions that happen inside of the engine and the escape gas. Mm -hmm. Is uh, what gives it the pitch. I mean, you have the, the what would be uh, pitch or higher or lower frequencies you know, that would be related to the how fast the engine is uh, revving, mm -hmm. and then you have the the, the exhaust fumes. That uh, also the exhaust pipe is what uh, gives the sound to cars and everything. You can basically pitch it, you know, like make it a higher or lower depending on how long the pipe is or how thick it is. So. Mm -hmm. In my like, if I'm going to to make a piece about sound, I, I like to make the sound playable and more narrative in a sense. Yeah. So in order to achieve this with the engine, I've and attaching the tuba, I'm just playing with the the valves of the tuba, you know, and mm -hmm. that basically changes the length of the pipe through which the air is going through, and that changes the the tone of the yes mm -hmm. of the air of the yeah. The yeah, mm -hmm. sound comes through, and uh, it's really nice because I've added lengths of tube or lengths of pipe to the to the tube by itself to get uh, even uh, lower notes. So it's a very interesting sound, you know, because you hear the the constant sound of the engine going, and uh, I've actually surprised myself with how versatile it could become mm -hmm. because. Once you add the, the like the variables of being able to change the sound in four ways, which is what I managed to do with the, with the tuba valves, then to that I add a change, changing the throttle, so I can make the engine go very very low or very very high in revolutions. No? Mm -hmm. So that like it it actually increases the expressivity quite uh, a lot, and I have automated it, so it's all. The valves are controlled by solenoids, and the, oh, yeah. mm -hmm. the engine throttle is controlled with a stepper motor that I've just attached to the cable. Okay, so basically you have a, a computer that can make then the composition in the end. Exactly, or... yes, 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 because I wanted to kind of uh, remove the... Because it, this was designed to be for a performance, right? So mm -hmm. I didn't want to have a... Like have me there playing it live, you know, doing the composition live. I want to have it, you know, like a pre-recorded thing that it acts on itself, you know, and you try to focus on the sound and the object, mm -hmm. and uh, have the object more as a memory, you know, something that is kind of distorted by mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Have you been uh, polishing the tuba? Yes, yes, I polished tuba and I also polished the, the motorbike and the, the engine, everything has been polished. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> and, but uh, it also reminded me of, you know, the, the, a couple of years ago, it was a fashion um, with car owners to, to mount, uh, you know, an exhaust pipe. Um, that would make yeah. a really low kind of nasty sound and so yeah, yeah, yeah. I think they, they banned it, so people were not allowed to, to mount these things on their cars anymore. But um, mm -hmm. do you, um, or, or was this a kind of inspiration as well perhaps, or? Uh, yes, I mean, this was definitely something I found while I was researching how to, how like the, the scape system of an engine worked. And, um, and yeah, that actually because of this, it was uh, how I learned that uh, you could really change the, like how the the sound was, you know, because of the of the length of the pipe or the kind of the diameter it had. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, it, it goes all back, say, to, to pipe organs and so on, and the whole uh, yeah. physics yeah. behind uh, um, resonances in pipes, basically. Yeah, it was actually like uh, because the w the way the tuba works or brass most brass instruments work. No, it's uh, by using the lips as an actuator basically, and then mm -hmm. a bit of a like I think it's a throat action to create uh, the note that you want to create, and then the lip. So it's a it's a combination of both things. So it was challenging to do that with the motor because of the motor itself doesn't have a lips. You know, it doesn't have a, a way of transmitting that vibration in the quality, you know, to produce mm -hmm. this kind of same tones. So what I, at the end, uh, I've just decided that uh, the, the tone of it would be, just be controlled by the, by the throttle. Mm -hmm. Because I tried uh, some uh, simple diaphragms, diaphragms to, to place in between but uh, they would increase the back pressure too much on the engine itself so that uh, would uh, make the engine bog down and not work yeah mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so it's actually quite fun because the by playing the the tuba and changing the length of the pipes now through the valves you actually change the, the back pressure of the engine so you change how fast or slow it also goes so it it's kind of a feedback system within the engine itself. Mm -hmm. which, uh, for uh, playing, like it's really, really versatile, really, really nice. So you use all these elements as compositional elements, basically, to create yes. the music, right? Yes, yeah, mm -hmm. I, I made uh, an instrument out of the concept, more, mm -hmm. more or less. And, uh, hey, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I just want to go back a, a little bit to your life say perhaps before you uh, came to uh, the hague um, mm -hmm. because you started off as a photographer i believe yes yes and I, and now yeah. you're building you know two-stroke engines and polishing uh, large metal plates and so so what happened <laughs> so i to me this it just seems so it's a normal kind of uh, evolution, you know, but of course it seems strange from the outside. But uh, but yeah, I don't know, I, I was doing photography and I started doing photography like as a hobby, you know, taking pictures of my friends and all these things of uh, my adventures on the bicycles and stuff. 
but uh, but yeah, I, I don't know. Like I always saw photography more in a kind of a art kind of way, not a profession kind of way. Mm -hmm. And uh, what I was always called, like what always called me about photography was the transmitting my own ideas and uh, creating, like making people feel emotions and, you know, transmitting concepts. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, somehow in my journey, once I started to, like I started doing more fashion photography and advertisement photography and I was uh, not really liking it. Mm -hmm. And uh, and yeah, just the conceptual side of things got me, got, you know, uh, it got me and uh, I started uh, to see the limitations for myself as, as photography as a medium and uh, like more like concretely like uh, then you know like the narrational possibilities of photography are basically endless mm -hmm. because it's uh, really easy for our brains to make correlations between concepts and ideas in the visual world no? so Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I don't know, I I thought that for some ideas and such, I, like I wanted to do things that were more uh, further than what a two-dimensional image could give you. Mm -hmm. And uh, and yeah, like I, I remember, like, yeah, and also on that point, I also started being really obsessed with uh, like dualities in this uh, world, you know, like uh, like two truths being uh, able to uh, happen at the same time, or like the irony of uh, of life, which then it became more evolved with one of your classes on uh, cognitive dissonance, which opened the whole realm of uh, of <laughs> cognition problems, <laughs> and uh, and finally gave a name to all these things that were obsessing me, mm -hmm. because uh, yeah, like. Uh, when during my photography times I was also working for some time in a in a photography studio that was uh, dedicated to take uh, pictures of transsexual prostitutes mm -hmm. and uh, I was really young actually and uh, uh, from that work I learned a lot of things about you know like how there is basically two different worlds that many people don't want to see it. And I'm not talking about uh, like the typical, you know, like the poverty, the rich versus the poor world. No, I'm more mm -hmm. saying uh, in terms of humanity, you know, like the dark side of humans, the things that people don't want to know, you know? And uh, I've always thought that was very fascinating. And uh, from, mm -hmm. yeah, these ideas, they just uh, escalated from there and uh, that uh, being exposed to all of these and then just not liking my other jobs in photography just pushed me to to start, you know, this necessity to create and being limited by the medium. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, and also the the necessity to satisfy my own uh, like how to say goals or demands in terms of knowledge, like. Uh, I don't know when when I was learning photography in uh, like I basically learned almost everything I could teach myself before I attended university to study photography. So that really changed my perception about uh, what uh, knowledge and learning and how the, that process can be too. And uh, yeah, it's been the backbone of all my process.
Nice. Well, as we are approaching the end of uh, of the show and also of this interview, then uh, consequently. So, mm -hmm. um, um, in the meantime, in, in the background, we we listen uh, to sounds of your installation and. These are really your favorite sounds, right? You really love this kind of sound. Right? Yes, yes. I. What is I, it? That's the last question. <laughs> so, what is it exactly that you love about this sound? Well, it's it's the fact that it's a sound that may be really irritating or very displeasing, but that if you spend some time listening to it, you actually start to enjoy, and uh, you know it's. It's kind of like uh, training yourself to do something that you're not used to do, to do. and uh, I don't know. Like once, uh, like like for me, I, I can appreciate the beauty of these sounds. Like it uh, can put me into a meditative state when I listen to it, you know. And mm -hmm. that's what what I try to do when I compose and transmit it to other people is to to try to make a a thing that is not only entertaining but also can be of some value for the person listening to it. Mm -hmm. Well, <clears throat> thank you for um, you. for having um, having you on this show um, about um, what's going on at the III, the Instrument Inventors Initiative here in uh, in the Hague. Um, yeah, uh, I would say to the to the listeners that don't really know much about uh, the III yet, check out their website because they have a huge program with a lot of activities. So check it out. It's instrumentinventors.org. And if you can't remember this uh, domain name or this URL, Check it out on perhaps Google or the Go is my favorite. But anyway, um, check it out on the internet. Type it in and um, try to find out uh, what is going on there at the III. I think it's really, really interesting what um, what's going on there. And um, yes, I think I think you agree, right? I think so for sure. I mean. <laughs> My my hopes is that if uh, there is a movement or something coming out of here, it's probably coming out of there, you know, so <laughs> mm -hmm. that's uh, my hopes, per se. Well, you know, I, I see them developing over the years and it's becoming more and more and more professional and they do more and more and more stuff and I, I really see a good future uh, in front of me. Yeah, I mean, and them I, uh, basically, yeah. Myself, I, I feel so yeah, like lucky to to be able to work with them. You know, it's incredible. <laughs> so we have to leave. Um, thank you again. Thank you, Arthur. Jesus, and have. Much fun uh, creating more work. I, I'm really looking forward to see your two-tacked engine um, with the tuba attached to it. I, I would really love to see that, uh, that piece. Will it be in a gallery or will it go out on the street? Or? Oh, it's, it will be on video, but uh, I think uh, it needs to go around on the street. It needs to be heard. 
Dat doe ik niet Ja, dat is de gallery. Go on to the street. Yes, I think I will have to take it on a walk. Yeah. Thank you. Bye bye. Thank you. consumption an increasingly hazardous activity. We here at the IMCC Research Laboratories have produced a safe and convenient substitute. The Sound of Meat, an audio track specifically created from the manipulated sounds of meat, meat 
slaughter and meat processing, constructed from field, kitchen, and warehouse recordings, the sound of meat is scientifically proven to have none of the debilitating side effects now known to be associated with flesh consumption. Have your steak and eat it. So tuck in with a clear conscience and a healthy body. Thank you.